I want to call, this isn't the title of my sermon, but I want to say this is graduation Sunday for some of you. Because God's calling us to another level, and it's your choice whether you graduate or not. It's your choice in regards to what I'm going to talk about today, whether you graduate to another level or not. But I want to tell you something happened on The Voice this past week. Does anybody know that show, The Voice, the singing show? One, I just want to say I knew, and we all knew, uh, the lady named Kate. She was voted off because her in-ears messed up, and uh, the voice really messed her up there. But we know her. She was on The Voice. But that's not what I wanted to talk about this morning. Um, What I want to talk about is I saw a video on Facebook of one of the contestants this last week singing Break Every Chain. Yeah, it was Nikki. She shared it, and I saw it on Facebook, and I started listening to it, and I had it on my car, and uh, I just was having church. I was going crazy. There was soul to this song, and that's it was just a praise break. And what I really loved seeing was uh, just all the people in the crowd had their hands raised. The judges had their hands raised, and I just thought that was amazing. I was just kind of like, what in the world is happening on national TV? Prophetically, I was happy that this song was being sung, and who knows how many houses they're being exposed to the Lord and Jesus, Savior Jesus Christ. It was just amazing. But then something hit me, and it hit me hard. And it told me, and I'm not the one to say whether people are Christians or not, but I do know uh, <clears throat> if it was a different song than Break Every Chain, maybe like cuss words and like talking about dirty stuff, that place would be going just as crazy, right? And to me, it looked like the church in that moment. And I thought, wow, do we look different? Are we actually different? Because if they can stand up and work, you know, raise their hands and it looks like they're worshiping God, it's like, I want to make sure that's not all I'm doing. I don't want to just look like a Christian. I want to be a follower of Jesus. And then it got me thinking even more, and this upset me. Because I'm guilty of it too. You see, the, the, the world can look like the church on that surface level. But I believe the church a lot of times looks like the world. And what I specifically want to talk about when we face challenges. Today we're talking about gratitude. We're continuing our sermon series, Grateful. And whenever we face challenges, we sometimes, I'm guilty of this too, look like the world. The world, they have nothing to put their hopes in when they face a challenge. Or they're not choosing to put it into Jesus. But we sometimes look like the world. When we face challenges, we don't give it right back to Jesus. We we bow our heads and we bow out and we're like, man, this, this life don't make sense. This doesn't make sense. And we get sad about it and upset about it. And again, I've been there. But I believe God's calling us to look different than the world. I believe he's calling us to not just be grateful whenever he's answering every prayer that you're praying, but I believe he's calling us to be grateful even in the silence. God's calling you to another level to graduate in your faith, in your boldness, and in your victory. And it's our choice whether we graduate or not because he has already called us to do that. If you'll stand with me, I have one scripture that we're going to read. We stand in the honor of the reading of the scriptures, just like Pastor Justin has us do each week. I want to read one verse in 1 Thessalonians 5, 18. 
it says, be thankful in all circumstances, not some and not just the good ones, all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that we can be thankful in all circumstances because we ultimately have you. Nothing can take you away from us. Lord, we thank you for that. We ask for your gentle, uh, your gentle work in this sermon, God. We ask that we graduate in our faith to another level. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you turn to someone and say, God's good. If you were to ask somebody, hey, what is the American dream? You might hear someone say, it's a life of blessings and easy. Maybe it's a little bit more in-depth that maybe you have a long list of things. A big house, lots of friends, lots of money, lots of vacation. Amen. You might hear a lot of that stuff, but that's really not the American dream. If you look in the dictionary which I was shocked to see that they actually had a definition for the American dream, but they do have one, and it lines up with those that are outside of the United States, at least the ones I've heard describe the American dream. The definition of the American dream is the ideal that every citizen of the United States should have an equal opportunity to achieve success and prosperity through hard work, determination, and initiative. Hard work, and determination. That's a part of the American dream. All the long days, the hard days at work, the stressful days. I'm not saying anxiety is a part of what we should be walking with Christ, but the American dream does look hard. Whenever outsiders, non-citizens say, I want to achieve the American dream, you hear them say, I want to move there, I want to work hard, and then make a life for my family. But a lot of times we get caught up in the hard at work or hard in life and say, this ain't the American dream. Yes, it is, according to the definition. The determination is what we need to achieve the American dream. And please understand, I'm not about to preach a whole message on the American dream. I would not do that. But determination is what it takes to achieve the American dream. I want to contrast that and compare it to the Christian faith. The Christian faith you might think this, you would never say it. You would never say this, but you think it. You might think it, I should say. I know I've thought this before. Being a Christian should be easy and full of blessings. Because, I mean, seriously, we have the creator of the world on our side. He should be able to help us in any situation. Therefore, it'd be easy. He created us. He can heal us on the moment's notice which is true, but that's not always how it goes. We want this life of easy. We want this life of blessings. But that's not what God necessarily says we will have. He says we will have a life with him, and he also said, and many troubles. But God, it's supposed to be easy. No, who said that? No, that was our made-up thing. So I want to talk about how when we face challenges, we should not give up. How we should not look like the world and bow out. But how we should be thankful in all things, just like 1 Thessalonians 5.18. Paul says, in all circumstances. All, not just the good and not just the bad. 
but both. Be thankful and be grateful. Have you ever been through something really difficult, and at the end of it, maybe years down the road, you say, well, I was actually thankful for that hard time because it brought me closer to God. We won't experience that if we just give up. We won't get to say, wow, I, hang, I hung on and I got closer to God and grew through that. But if you hang on, you continue taking one step at a time and being grateful and thankful in all circumstances, you will graduate into another level. I believe God wants you to graduate into as many levels of a bold Christian as you are willing to go. But we're used to the levels that everyone else is around us. But God's saying, I want you to be that crazy Christian that's operating in the Word of God. I want you to go there. He went there. I want people to look at you and say, he went there. He went there, yeah. He's on that other level with God. So, let's see here. When we face challenges, it's natural to confuse us. It's natural to say, I never thought it was supposed to be this way. There's a good reason you never thought it was going to be like this, because we don't know all things. I'm just throwing that out there. But God does. God gave us a warning. There will be troubles. But he also says, be thankful in all circumstances. It's like, God, you know you just said be thankful in all circumstances, but you said there's going to be troubles. You still want me to be thankful in that circumstance? Yes. Okay. All right. Challenges make us doubt. Whenever you are in the worst of your worst situation, and I've prayed and i prayed several times leading up to this message because to me, I don't want to sound arrogant to you because you might be going through something I could never imagine. But, and I'm praying that it lands softly with you, that the Holy Spirit will comfort you in what I'm about to say. But in the worst of your worst, focus on the greatest of them all, the great I am. The worst of your worst, God was not surprised. And he doesn't want you to give up. He wants you to be thankful even through it. The world may give up, but we are not called to give up. We are called to look different. And you may say it's easy for you to say that you're not going through a tough time. And at this exact moment, you would be right. And I'm thankful for that. But also, I'll say a couple years ago, I would be the one saying, easy for you to stand up on that stage, say praise God during the difficult times, because you don't know what I'm going through. Well, I'm praise God, and I'm thankful that I held on, because now I can look back and say I'm glad I didn't give up. Because that challenge brought me closer to God. And I believe God wants us to graduate and hanging on, walking deeper with him. This past year, actually at the very beginning of the year, I I preached a sermon called Walking on the Waves. Because in life, waves might be hitting you. It might be the biggest storm of your life. But I believe, in my mind, I just see that God wants me to not be just drowned by the waves, but he wants us to be so confident that we're walking on top of the waves. There's a song called Dancing on the Waves. I'm not trying to dismiss problems and challenges in our life, but we got God on our side to the point where we could dance on the waves. We could dance in the face of fear. We could dance in the face of challenges. So yeah, it may not be easy for you right now to say, Yes, I'm going to just continue being grateful. 
But that's what God has called us to do. It's not really a personal preference. He said, Paul said, be thankful in all circumstances. So it's really not a choice. It's not really like Burger King where you can have it your way. And it's, is it, and I just, I do want to say again, I know there's challenges you're going through that I don't know about, but God does. And that does not change his scripture. There's a lot of other scripture that talks about what will happen when you're thankful, what will happen when you don't give up. But he's calling us to that next level. First off, the devil is a liar. Amen? This has always been the case, but with social media, you see it all over the place even easier. But there's an all-out war going on for your mind, going on for your strength, going on for your soul. Spiritual warfare is real. And also just basic challenges or hard challenges in the practical are real too. John 10.10 says the thief's purpose is to steal and kill and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. Rich and satisfying, God, you said there's going to be troubles. Well, he didn't say in the troubles it wouldn't be satisfying. Because remember, the American dream we think is supposed to be easy, but those that want the American dream know it's going to be hard. In the Christian walk, it says in John 10.10, I will give them a rich and satisfying life. But God, you also said it'd be troubling. Well, what I want to say is in the troubling, when we're thankful you experience God's goodness in a whole new way that is rich and satisfying to you. But a lot of times we just want to quit because that's what others around us have done. Well, God's saying don't do that. He's saying graduate to another level of faith and boldness and courage. Or, I mean, uh, yeah, courage. John 10.10 tells us, and I believe the enemy is actively every day trying to steal our mindset. He never takes a day off. Not even on Christmas. No days off. That joke just flatlined. <laughs> I've always been purposeful, distinct, making a distinction between the word have to and get to. My wife will tell you that. And Corbin, I see telling Caitlin I do that at work too. When we are told we need to go do something... If I say I have, we have to go do this, I change and I say we get to go do this. We get to. We get to because we were never promised this life in the first place. We need to be thankful for this life. We need to be thankful that we even get to have a relationship with the King of Kings. We need to be thankful that we get to say, despite all the challenges that come my way, all the lies the enemy says, or the family members he's trying to steal, we get to be thankful that we get to experience a redeeming God. It's not a have to. Walking with God is not a have to. We get to. Whenever I get to preach, I get to preach. I don't have to. Now, if Pastor Justin said, you have to preach, and if you don't, you're fired, then yes, I have to. But I still view it as you get to. When you run an errand, I don't have to run an errand. I get to. Even with the difficult things. This, I'll just say, you might be at a way higher level than me, and praise God for it. But I believe a graduation moment in my life of being grateful 
was whenever our daughter, shortly after being diagnosed with autism, was waking up and still does, up till today, still does, wakes up at 2 a.m. And we have to wake up. But I changed that half to, I just said, to we get to. There for a while, I was like, man, this is crazy. Four hours of sleep, I'm a walking zombie. This ain't fair. I'm serious. I'd walk around tired. I, one day I did take a nap on my desk. I just put my head on my desk. I was like, man, I have to wake up. What? This ain't right. I need my sleep. Well, God, through a graduation moment, even though it may not make sense to you, if, it's, if it doesn't make sense, don't tell me because it's helping me just continue on. <laughs> At 2 a.m. one morning, I said, I felt like the, I felt like the Lord told me, you get to spend extra time with your daughter. You get to. And I'm going to make something good out of this. So whatever challenges you're going through, it might sound crazy, but I believe it worked for me, and I'm not saying it would for you, but whatever challenge you're going through, change it to I have to go through this to I get to learn from this. I get to see God's goodness through this, I get to experience something through this. Even if the answer that you need to happen doesn't happen, you get to see God's will eventually play out. With God, anything is a get-to. It's not a have-to. And that was my aha moment. That was my graduation moment. And I'm thankful for the difficult times. We're told to be thankful in all circumstances, period period. That's tough to swallow, but we're supposed to be thankful in all circumstances. I heard a story on the radio just the other night. It talked about how this cashier was always kind, always thankful, always super grateful, and she just made a point to pray every time before she went into work, God, please help me bless somebody, just anybody. But one day, the manager came to her and said, hey, somebody just came and told me a story and one day, you were just being super friendly. They didn't understand why you are being so friendly. They thought you were even a little weird about it. But uh, they said that you were super kind to them. So kind that you, the person that was grateful, thankful, kind, stopped them from committing suicide. And this isn't just an illustration I went and found on the Internet, which I love doing that. There's some really good made-up stories <laughs> that really are great. This was real. I just heard this on the radio. The cashier was the one that said it. She didn't say, she didn't mention all the other problems she had in her life. She said, I just make a point to be grateful, thankful, and kind. And she changed somebody's life. All the time I hear, if you're more grateful, the more grateful you are, it will change your life. And that's true. There's studies out there that say it. And try it, you'll experience it. It's true. The more thankful you are, your life will change. But what about this one? The more grateful and thankful you are, you could change someone else's life. It's not always just about us. I used to think that last week about myself, but it's not always just about us. Here's the thing. My thought process in this, and this might be weird to you, but I hope it makes sense. Whenever we are not grateful, which is who God called us to be, told us to be, commanded us to be, we ultimately, if we're not doing that by choice, we are stepping outside of who he has called us to be. And when we are outside of who he has called us to be, 
we may not be able to reach the people that he put in the, his will for us to reach. So ultimately, we're not just sacrificing a day of thankfulness to the Lord. We could be missing out on changing someone's life. And so it's not just a suggestion, just so you feel better. It's a command for so many reasons I can't even begin to explain, because I don't know why. But I know that instance on the radio really showed me, wow, I should always be grateful. Now, Renee will tell you, every time at a stoplight, if you don't go right when it turns green, I will honk at you. <laughs> because I'm intentional about not being on my phone in the car, and I know they're on their phone. <laughs> and I just get so angry. And for some reason, I always think it's some young person like me doing it, and it might be someone older too, but I always go to my mind, some young person is on their phone. Anyways, still be grateful. And the gratefulness I'm talking about this morning, maybe it isn't always an outward expression, um, but it definitely needs to be an inward expression to God. Grateful that we get to have a relationship with him. Grateful that he came and died for us, even though these challenges are not fair, which makes sense sometimes. But grateful that we get to have a relationship with him and that he is working behind the scenes. We sang earlier, even when I don't see it, you're working. Even when I don't feel it, have you ever not felt God working? Well, you're not the only one, and he was working. I don't know what the end result looks like, but just like we sang earlier, the um, arrival is not the end game. The journey is where you're at. The journey is where we get to experience your goodness. The journey is where we graduate from level to level to level. We see Job in the Bible go through a terrible season. But at one point, actually at several, he was thankful. He's grateful. He worshiped God. David, all his troubling times, grateful. Now, we can look at those scriptures and say, wow, those encourage us. Well, what if you became an encouragement to someone else? People know what you're going through, but when you can say, I'm grateful for God's mercy in the midst of these challenges, I'm grateful for God's love, just think, they're going to be changed and encouraged by you. And we're called to be the hands and feet of Jesus. Instead of focusing so much on our problems and letting them beat us to death, focus on the problem solver. He is working behind the scenes. He is working for you. Uh, in high school, we, uh, I played baseball, and like I told the first service, I'll tell you this too. I'm not doing like a shameless plug uh, to brag or anything, but it's going to sound like I am. So i got to get that, just put it out on the table. I'm not bragging. I will brag at one point. I'll tell you what I'm bragging about. We played baseball both in the fall and the spring because we weren't big enough to have a football team, but we would play 5A and 6A schools and still beat them in baseball. I have to throw that out there. <laughs> My senior year, we were projected to win both state tournaments, um, fall and spring, and our coach was depending on the seven seniors to help make that happen. He wanted us healthy and all of that. Well, early in the year, we went and played at Bing, and that's actually who we ended up beating in the state tournament, um, state championship, but we went to Bing, and before that game, I hurt my arm. I played catcher, and I just hurt my arm. I couldn't really bend it all the way, and, you know, my coach just play, whatever. Um, 
And something happened in that game that brought us to what I'm about to tell you, but I want to brag about something real fast. I'd never done this in my life, okay? But I hit two home runs in one game. And a lot of my teammates and coaches gave the credit to the fact that I broke up with my girlfriend that morning. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the reason why, but, you know, I hit two home runs. It was really cool. Anyways, after near the end of the game, I threw a ball down third base. The, it was a bad throw. The runner came in and scored. We still won, but our coach wasn't having that. So we went down the first baseline all the way to right field, team huddle after the game. And, I mean, he was just tearing me apart. This is not Christian discipleship, the story I'm telling you. I'll just tell you that right there. It was not Christian discipleship. I'm thankful for all the rough patches I went through. Helped me make me who I am today. But he said, because I was kind of bending my arm, you know, it's like you're trying to tell your coach, like, I'm still hurting without saying it because you know he's already about to rip you up. I'm like bending my arm, and he's like, he looks at me, he starts bending his arm. He's like, why don't you cry about it? And he said, you need to get over your hurt for the sake of the team. And I was like, my gosh, okay. I hit two home runs, coach. No. Just to throw this out there, too, the, if you thought I was bragging, I was nine hole. I was the worst hitter on the team. So just to throw that out there, too. But here's the thing. I kind of think God worked on my heart in a way like that. I'm not saying he's saying this to you, because again, I don't know the challenge you're going through, but I can tell you that one day, I felt like the Lord said, get over your hurt for the sake of the harvest. He's already warned us we we're going to have troubles. Now he's a little bit more firm with me. He said, get over your hurt for the sake of the harvest. And maybe he's saying that to you today, too. I'm not sure what he's saying to you, but that's what he said to me. Philippians 3.14 says, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God through Christ Jesus is calling us. I press on to reach the end of the race. Have you ever seen the Olympics where they get hurt and they just fall down, they can't finish the race? There's a video going around on Facebook where this guy gets hurt and no one's allowed to help them. But we see this guy jump out of the stands, run past security, and go straight to this runner. This is the Olympics, so, I mean, this is pretty serious that someone's out there. Well, it ended up being his father. His father saw him in pain, went out to him, put the son's arm around his shoulder, and helped him finish the race. I know that's what God's doing with you. You're going through a tough time. God's down there with you. He'll never leave you. He's going to comfort you in your pain. He's going to help you press on for the prize worth running for. So we have to make sure that we don't quit because he is working behind the scenes. I'll just tell you this real quick. We're almost done. I have no rhythm whatsoever. I can't keep a beat. I can't sing to save your life or my life. If someone said you need to make someone sing good, for your life, don't call me, okay? I have no rhythm, but I do have a song that's an anthem in my life right now that has made me come to the conclusion that I may not dress the nicest, I may not look the coolest, but I for sure have swagger, okay? 
I have swagger. And what I mean by that, my translation of swagger in this context is confidence. I have, thank God for it, because it's not something I, we can just generate on our own. He's given us plenty to be confident about, and it's our choice. And I'm not saying I perfectly walk in this confidence all day, every day. But I will say I have experienced the confidence that the Lord will give you in the face of trouble, in the face of doubt, fear, questions, lies from the enemy. Again, the enemy don't take any days off. We need to walk step in step with the Lord with swagger, with confidence, knowing that, devil, you have no power over me. That's just the truth. That's the truth. I, I would never be a great lawyer. I wouldn't even be a good lawyer. I'll tell you, I'm the worst at arguing, but you know what? With the devil, it's so easy. I got God. You have no power over, over me. It's that simple. It may, be, it may sound elementary, but it's really, really um, maybe one of those things that takes us some time to learn. And you may already have learned this, and I may be reminding you about it, but the thing is, whether you know it, don't know it, learning about it right now, the point is we need to walk in that confidence. That the enemy has no power over us. He's just a distraction, keeping us away from the will of God. And so I have a song that is my anthem that I love listening to. I thought about playing it today, uh, but it's about a 30-second clip, and I would have just been standing here while we all listen to it. Y'all look at me. I'm not going to start dancing or anything. So <laughs> I just thought that might be a little awkward. Maybe I get some of y'all to help up here dance during the song. I don't know. It's an upbeat song. But uh, I'm just going to read the lyrics to you because it's just powerful. And... Of all places, I didn't find this from a theologian. I didn't find this in the Bible. I found this on Facebook, okay? So, um, praise God that you can share the gospel through social media. I'm not saying I love social media. Anyways, I'm just digging a hole. <laughs> I, I, the lyrics to the song is, I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. I'm so blessed, hallelujah, I'm blessed. And then it gets deeper. Trouble knocking at my door today, and I'm not going to let it in. And worry wants to steal my joy away, but I'm not going to let it win. Because on my best day, I'm a child of God. And on my worst day, I'm a child of God. And every day is a good day, and you're the reason why. And I'm not saying you got to sit over here, jump rope, hold up the peace sign, and be all happy, go lucky. You may want to after you really put your faith in the fact that you are a child of God. But that's the basics. we got to know we're a child of God. Whatever problems come our way, God's going to have our back. It may not look pretty on the outside. God's got our back. He's going to work it out because we're a child of God. Now, you may choose to do something that totally goes against God and might get you in a little trouble. There's still redeeming power, but you're still a child of God, and he will help you. He will do what he thinks is best for you, and that might not be what you think is best, but, I mean, I want God's opinion over mine, so we just need to keep walking with the Lord. Spencer Rattler, 
I know it's a sore topic to bring up. Previous OU quarterback, left OU, went over to South Carolina. When I was preparing for this message, I did not know he was going to win yesterday against a really good team, too. So now he's got a lot of swagger. But this message was based off of the week before when he beat Clemson. Him and South Carolina beat Clemson. He threw six touchdowns. You know, I was thinking at OU, I mean, on a normal year, that's really just a normal Saturday for our quarterbacks. But for SEC teams, that's a big deal, six touchdowns. And uh, at the end of the game, he sat there in the camera, and with swagger, with confidence, he counted off his touchdowns. He said, one, two, three. And he counted up to six, and he just walked off like, yep, another day at the office. And I thought, man, he's got swagger. I don't really like how he plays. I love him as a person, but I wouldn't want him on my team. But uh, he's got swagger. He's got that confidence. You know, in this song that I just talked about, it says eventually in the song, I don't have the lyrics with me, but it talks about how when trouble comes knocking at my door, um, tries to lie to me or something, I don't know the lyrics totally, all it says is, I will not believe them, and I will count my blessings. I'll be counting all day long. Because God's goodness, his salvation, that'll keep you counting for an eternity. But a lot of times we want to give focus to the lies and to the enemy and forget our blessings. But we're called to remember our blessings, to walk with confidence and boldness. Joshua 1.9 says, this is my command, be strong and courageous. But God, there's going to be troubles, because you said that in the Bible. Well, yeah, but be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. You promise you're going to be with me? Yes, I'll be with you. We face troubling times. That's no surprise to God, but it may be to us. We have to remember that God's ultimately writing our story in the first place, and I am thankful that I am not in charge. Whatever good happens in my life, it's all God. And we have to remember that. Whenever bad happens, God will work the good out of it. We have to remember that. We have to remember not to quit. We have to remember to not look like the world and say, man, I got nothing to hope in. We have the King of Kings to hope for. If the worship team will join me, um, I'm getting really close to closing. But uh, I want to tell you the lyrics of one last song that, I, that has been uh, meaningful to me. Uh, a couple years ago when I was going through what I went through, uh, the worst of the worst of my life, um, so far, and I was questioning God, and I was just saying, God, kind of like, you know, where you at? Because I'm not really, you know, you know, you're not really answering me. Um, I found this singer on uh, music, on YouTube Music, and she was just singing prophetic worship songs, and I just really liked it because you're declaring truths that are facts, and you can't change about God. He is good. He's faithful. You know, it's just she's that type of singer. Her name's Lydia Laird. And maybe you've ever, maybe you've heard of her. If not, really check her out. But um, she recently has come out with a song called Hallelujah Even Here. Hallelujah Even Here. And what she talks about is basically no matter where she's at, whatever she's going through, hallelujah. You can't steal my hallelujah. Nothing can steal my hallelujah. And I believe God's calling us to not let anything steal our hallelujah. And it may look different on the outside than what the world would think. 
But where he really wants to have his hallelujah is in your heart. He wants you to graduate into that level of nothing is going to steal my hallelujah. Bottom line, period. I'm not a lawyer, but that cannot be stolen from me unless I give it away. Her lyrics to this song say, Right now I feel a little overwhelmed. Right now I could really use some help. Right now I don't feel like it is well with my soul. You know that song, It Is Well With My Soul? You might be in a place where it is not well with your soul. She says, I've tried to find a way around the mess. I've prayed in faith that the night would end. She prayed in faith. Maybe you have too, that the night would end. Right here, when I just can't understand, I'll lift my hands. Hallelujah, when the storm not is gone. She says, when the storm is relentless. Hallelujah, when the battle is not She didn't say over. She said it's endless. In the middle of the in-between. Have you ever been in the in-between? Where you're waiting on God to answer? Everything's falling apart. You think the in-between is grueling. Grueling. It's just not a fun place to be. But be thankful in all circumstances, God says. In the middle of the questioning over every worry, over every fear. Hallelujah. Even here. Hallelujah, even here. Don't let your hallelujah be taken away. Always be grateful. Always be thankful in all circumstances. If you'll stand with me, we're going to pray. And we're going to go into worship. If you'll just close your eyes. I know this morning the, the Lord's been working on this message on me for a few years. And I know... The worst of your worst is, it's just terrible. But if if you'll just close your eyes and raise your hand and say, I'm in the worst of my worst. If you'll raise your hand, I'm going to pray for you just for encouragement right where you're at. Because God wants your hallelujah. Even if it's the size of a mustard seed. Just your faith to keep going, not to give up. God, we thank you that when you knitted us in our mother's womb, you knew our story. God, we don't understand and we question kind of what we're going through. But God, you didn't. You knew what we were going to face. And Lord, we thank you that you are going to be near us as our heart is broken. You are near to us. You're going to help us to get to the other side. You're going to help us graduate and our boldness and our courage and to impact others, to impact the kingdom. God, we just pray for a rapid increase of courage and faith and boldness. Lord, we thank you that you are writing our story. Lord, we thank you that even when the world or our life seems like it's on fire, you have a plan. And we trust you regardless, period. We just trust you. We keep walking with you in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship with our grateful hearts.